When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, OnlyFams. Happy Fantastic Friday. From your favorite foursome. Where we co-parent with a twist. <laughs> Today's episode is going to be a little bit heavier of a topic than we have touched on so far. Yeah, we're all sitting here just like kind of moping <laughs> around because we're trying to like figure out like how we're going to do this because we've all, all four of us have experienced a pretty hard loss recently, mm-hmm. pretty recently. And so Amber actually did a video on her YouTube channel, Fresco Fam, yeah, <laughs> recently because she um, just lost her grandmother and mm-hmm. I just lost my grandmother. And then actually both Gabe and Chris, I don't know if people even like realize this, but Gabe and Chris actually lost their dad the same year. Yes. Yeah. And they're probably about the same age. How old was your dad? Your dad was 50, right, Chris? Mm -hmm. So very, very young. Both of them were very, very Very young. young. Very young. And then your dad was right around that too, right? 50? 54, 55. Yeah. No, I think 55. Yeah, he might have been 54. So we're going to be sharing our experiences just with how we've coped, grief and loss and and kind of our stories. Just, you know, everybody, I feel like pretty much that's like the one thing that everybody has in common is at some point. You're going to lose somebody. You're going to lose someone. sad. Yeah. So um, we're going (laughs) to, I'm like, this is so hard to (laughs) try to keep it peppy, but we're really going to try our best here, guys. We don't want to sit here and have a cry fest, but just be relatable. We're going to tell you guys our stories. So we're going to let Gabe start out this episode. Take the hot seat. Yay. (laughs) However you see fit, too. Like, we just are going to tell our stories. Like, there's not really a, we have no, like, points. No outline. Mm -mm. We didn't write any notes down. It's kind of just going to be our stories. We're going to chat with you guys. Tell us. How? You know. <laughs> well, um. today's episode is sponsored by Usual Wines. Each bottle is 6.3 ounces, a heavy pour, or about a glass and a half of wine. This is real wine by the glass as usual. Because of the single serve format and bottle design, that means no more pouring wine down the sink when you don't want to finish the bottle. Oh, that's so good. I hate wasting wine. Usual is always fresh. No more flat, bubbly, or stale rosé. The wines are low carb and have zero grams of sugar. Usual has a red blend, a rosé, and a sparkling white wine called Brut. They also have Usual Spritz, a low-alcohol, low-calorie wine spritzer that is made of sparkling wine and guava juice. Each serving just has 83 calories. Go check out their website at www.usualwines.com and make sure to use our discount code FAMTASTIC. 
for $8 off your first order and try your first glass on us. Cheers! Unfortunately, I think the one I won the game out of all of you guys on experiencing the most death in my life. Yeah. Uh, you, well, my family is fairly big. I, like, no lie, I have around, like, 20 uncles and aunts, if not more. That's a lot. Yeah. Like, actual aunts. Not just like, oh, yeah, they're my cousin. No, like, no. Yeah. Like, actual. Actual family. Legitimate. Actual aunts. Like, your mom is a family of She's the nine? youngest of how many kids? My mom is the youngest of nine. Yeah, that's a lot. Damn. <laughs> and a 13-year difference between all of them, so... And she's the baby, right? She's the baby. So, you know, if you do some math there, you can kind of see how you being the baby of the baby of the family. Uh, yes, you see a lot. Mm-hmm. So, it honestly, in, in my experience, every death is different. At first, I like I lost a lot of uncles. Well, not a lot. I lost a few... I actually lost an uncle recently, too, as well. Due to COVID, huh? Uh, actually, yes, yeah. due to COVID. Yeah, he um, COVID. He got it. Well, he, I mean, he had definitely had medical issues before, but yeah. that was... Right. I mean, that the sealed... Cause. Unfortunately, that sealed the deal. Mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. he couldn't fight it. Right. Yeah, so I dealt with that. I've had to deal with my grandma and aunt dying at the same time in a car crash. Oh, my gosh. I dealt with my grandparents and unfortunately the one that hits the hardest is my dad which was a few years ago and and that is definitely the hardest one I have had to deal with I'm honestly still not over it yeah I don't know how could you how do you even get to that point I think the thing that this is gonna be hard to talk about guys but um, I just know based off of what you've said and just because I knew your dad too, obviously nothing like, you know, that's completely different, but his was very un- unexpected. Very it's, unexpected. It's one thing. Nowhere. Yeah. It's one thing to be sick, but then, and it, it's crazy because Chris and Gabe's story, Gabe's struggling a little bit. I'm trying to fill in here, but um, Chris's dad had cancer and at the time that Gabe's dad passed away. And so I remember just my I don't have really a role in this, but I just remember thinking like Chris and I kind of knew that his dad was going to pass away at some point, right? Because he had cancer. But then before Chris's dad passed away, Gabe called me Mm -hmm. and this was, I remember it was April 1st. It was April 1st. It was April 1st. It was April Fool's Day, like of all Mm -hmm. days. Oh my God. And he called me at like six in the morning, right? It was super early. It was pretty early, yeah. Yeah. And he was like, my dad passed away last night. And I was like, what the fuck yeah what are you talking about like that no that's not no that's what do you mean yeah it was very unexpected unfortunately there was no time to process it was just bam it was there do you want to say how yeah probably well yeah all of a sudden i mean well he's always i guess you could say he's always always had heart issues all his life he grew up with an enlarged heart so, I mean, he was always taking care of himself with that. He was actually a pretty healthy guy. Yeah. <clears throat> he was at that point. He was eating really healthy. He was even exercising, I think. He looked yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah, he did. He was but very healthy. All of a sudden, his just heart gave out and had a heart attack. 
So it it kind of just lets you know anything can happen at any time. Right. So um, those are my stories. I remember um, I was at work. I worked night shift as a CNA and Gabe was home with Logan and Lilia. They were both sleeping because I worked 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. Gabe had texted me around 11 p.m. And like I happened to have my phone on me in the bathroom, felt it vibrate and checked it. He had texted me and he said, my dad had a heart attack. They're taking him to the hospital. And then I'm asking him like, oh, do do you know any other details? Like what's going on? And he didn't at the time because he needed to go to the hospital, but he was at home with the kids. So I actually left work early and went to go stay with the kids so Gabe could go to the hospital. And then Gabe texted me not even an hour later saying that he didn't make it. And I actually had my my coworker come watch the kids so she left work too to come watch my kids so that i could go to the hospital and be with gabe and his family because it was just very rough and very unexpected and that's something that i wanted to be there for for support of gabe so with all those unfortunate events i've probably had to cope in different ways um but most of the time it really just takes time. Um, some are definitely easier than others. Um, but definitely, I would still say the hardest is my dad. I'm Like I said, I'm still not over that. Uh, he still pops up in my dreams all the time. He's constantly on my mind. And honestly, I don't think anyone could understand that feeling until you lose your parent like that. So, um, I just try to keep it in my mind that he's still looking over me and then that I'll get to see him again. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm kind of struggling at the moment, so I'm going <laughs> to pass it off. That's good. It's good to talk about it too sometimes, yeah. I think. It's as long as you're comfortable with it. Yeah, it's something that I feel like not a lot of people talk about, but I think that it's a good thing to talk about sometimes. For sure, Yeah. I think everybody handles it kind of differently. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know, just losing anybody in your life is hard. Um, I would have to say that. I So besides my dad, I've lost a great grandma. But losing losing a parent definitely takes the cake, you know, or a parent figure in your life is very, very difficult to lose. The hardest part for me about losing my dad i mean obviously the the fact that he was going slowly because of cancer so if you guys don't know he did die of cancer um he was fighting for five years and it wasn't just you know a sudden thing like with gabe but it it did kind of sneak up towards the end you know it, it accelerated a lot faster than we kind of anticipated um kind of thought that there was more time the thing that hits me the hardest was that my dad was around to develop a relationship and grow and bond and help raise Caden and Tommy, which are two of my biological kids. And then me and Jessica had Addie and he had literally died the week she was born. So that kind of leaves, you know, a, a little hole in my heart to where not seeing her develop a relationship with him like they got to yeah that was hard and the timing of it too was it was the day after 
Thanksgiving, right? Day or be- before. Yeah. The day before. Day before Thanksgiving. And it was right after we gave birth to Addie. Uh, flashback to Addie about two months old. And we well, had- flash forward, really, from that moment. He passed November 23rd. Kind of kind of skipping forward a little bit. Um, a couple months after my dad had passed away and him not r- really being able to meet Addie, uh, we had a bit of a scare with Addie, actually. Um, what What was it? kind of determined as um aborted sids aborted sids yeah people who are watching this probably already know what you're talking about but addy when she was two months old she chris found her in the bed completely unresponsive blue cold i mean she was she was dead she was ice cold like i and i hate to say that but like i've at that point i had never seen a dead body before and i was like what my baby's my baby is not here my baby's gone and Chris did CPR on her, brought her back. There's a whole video on it. I'm not going to get back into that. It's going to, that's going <laughs> to, I'm going to start crying if I start talking about that. So one thing that I know Chris talked about with that is that we always wondered, and I think people said this too, a lot of people have mentioned this, that when Addie like had that episode, she, people think that, and well, I wonder if she went up to go meet her opa, which is grandpa in German, right? German? Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. So they were Opa and Oma. And so Opa is what the kids called him. And people, we all wonder if, you know, she just wanted to go meet Opa for a minute. And Opa said, okay, this is great. Gave you a hug and sent her back to us. Yeah. And so whatever you believe in, whether it's like religious, whether you're religious or spiritual or whatever it is that you believe in, that definitely was like an eye opener, I think, for Chris and I. Because Chris and I have similar thoughts on that kind of stuff, I think. What do you call that? Like afterlife? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've got like similar feelings on that. I don't know if you've, have you ever talked about that, Chris? About what? Like, I don't know, your thoughts on no, it. I, I have no. No. You have no what? Like there, I have no religious like. Yeah. Chris and I. whatsoever. Like I'm, I wasn't, I, my, my parents were, they were forced into religious school and my dad was thrown into Catholic school. My mom was thrown into Christian school and they both hated it. So when I was born, they said, you could pick, do whatever you want, believe what you want. You know, we're not forcing anything upon you. And I, I just, I, I stayed in the middle. I didn't do anything. So even losing my, my great grandma when I was a teenager, it was nothing like losing my dad, which was, you know, that, that hit really, really hard for me um, to the point to where it put a, a really big strain on my life, you know, as, you know, emotionally and my marriage overall, like every relationship that I had. And at that point, I had never lost anybody right. that, that I was close to. I don't want to say I haven't lost anybody, but nobody that I had, I wasn't able to understand what you were feeling. And I remember feeling so helpless. I didn't know how to help you. And well, I didn't even know what help I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that was such... It was such a, like a, a detrimental loss to me. Like I, I didn't even know which way was up. And I think it's important to note too that you were an only child. Yeah. And your mother at the time too, I don't know how much you want to speak on that, but she pretty much, I mean, is it harsh to say abandoned you at that point? I think I did feel some sort of feelings of abandonment. It was hard. I think one of the hardest parts for me was being an only child and then my mom um, which I, you know, it could, it could be read, you know, different ways, but I felt abandoned by her. 
Um, there, there's a lot of details behind it that I, I don't really want to get into right now, but, um, it put a lot, this, you know, entire experience put a lot of strain on our marriage. Um, it affected a lot of relationships that I had outside of the relationship that I had with my mom, my marriage, you know, everything. It just affected everything greatly. I had never really seen hard. you so low. Like you were so, I don't know if low is the right word, but you were so. I think at your lowest is a, is the right term. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a correct Let's term. See, so I had lost my dad on a Thursday. I literally went to work Monday morning. That's hard. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a Thursday, you know, Thanksgiving, and I went to work Monday morning. You just had a baby. Yeah. That's rough. You're dealing with co-parenting. You're- I was I was working a job where I was the only employee in California. There was mm-hmm. nobody to cover for me. There was no calling out. There was no sick. There was nothing. Yeah, I remember you doing that. And yeah. I, actually, I feel. I like actually that. hired you to <laughs> to help me. I lasted like a month. <laughs> and he said, "Screw this." How do I not remember this? Yeah. Yeah, I remember you doing that job, and I feel like that would suck because you're literally the only one there, and you're left alone with your thoughts, mm-hmm. and that is mm-hmm. one of the worst things you could possibly do at that point in life. I know somebody who had just lost a parent, literally, like. You know, no offense, babe, but you know there there was no, there was no way to like communicate how I felt. There was no mm-hmm. way for you to help me, you know, talk me through anything. So, like, and you know, like the nicest way, like I I couldn't talk to you because there mm-hmm. was no, there was no way to explain it, and there was no way that I even knew how to be helped. I remember sitting with you and just telling you, I remember, I think I said these words even like, I don't know what you're feeling and I'm so sorry, but I like, please tell me what I can do. Cause I know yeah. that I don't know what you're feeling right now. Like I said, like I had at that point had never lost anybody that was truly close to me. And so watching you grieve was like watching someone that you love grieve was so like you, I don't even know how to explain it. you and I don't want to like uh, sound offensive at all, but you turned into a different person. Mm-hmm. And I think you truly yeah. went through all those stages of grief because you became very angry for a long time, not to the point of like anything crazy, but you were angry yeah. and it affected our marriage really badly at one point. And we, we actually went to marriage counseling. I don't even know if we, do we ever talk about that on a video? I don't know. I, I think we've talked about going to counseling, but I don't think we really went into why. Yeah. And and that really was the root yeah. of it was because. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, we all we had our issues otherwise, too. I just to to clarify, like I never hit my wife. or No, anything. it wasn't. I just it my, wasn't. my my like my frustrate my, like my, you know, quote, anger was just like I I just had like very short patience with things. Mm-hmm. You know, I I did not have the patience to No, you were never like abusive. You know, like like fix something or you know, like the TV would stop working, I just get pissed off like instantly. Mm-hmm. You know, I just I had zero tolerance. I watched you turn into this person that I didn't know and it was insane because I'm like where yeah. did this come from? And even me knowing the little little tiny bit of what I know about grief, which is n- nothing from personal experience. Now it is. People don't know what they're going to experience when they lose somebody. So to not have good communication, I think, is common when you're grieving because you don't know what you're going to feel, how are you going to act when you mm-hmm. lose somebody. So it's not surprising that you guys had 
a strain on your marriage because he he's not going to know how his emotions and how it's going to be to lose somebody that close. And I think we should normalize therapy yeah. because yes. it helped our marriage a lot in many different ways, even though that was like the root of it. Like we all we had it helped us resolve issues that we didn't realize we had. Well, we we were only together, what, two, three years at that point. Yeah. Um, two, two yeah. years. So, I mean. Yeah, it, if you think about it, like in hindsight, I mean that's that's a fairly new relationship. Yeah, we had only been well. married for one. Yeah, and yeah, we had no because we got really we got that's, married really fast. That's a, that's a lot to go through on a, I you know I would say a, yeah. a newlywed marriage, a birth, and death. Marriage, yeah. birth, and death all in the same year. That's a lot, and not just death, but losing your dad, mm-hmm. someone who, I don't know if you've mentioned it, but like you you were very close. You were more. Like you were so close with him. Yeah. Like you weren't as close with as yeah, with your mother as you were as your father. You were very close with him and it's like a lot of a lot of the things that, you know, I had done with him, like activity and hobby wise, you know, I'm now doing with Caden and Tommy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, so which is which is something that you know I I highly value. Dealing with it <laughs> and realizing that what you were doing and what you were going through and everything that was that you were feeling I think I think that you had a hard time letting yourself feel the things that you needed to feel. And so you like bottled it up and then it would just really the only person that you had to put it onto was me because you were the only one around. I was yeah. the only I was my mom left your only family. Yeah. Like at, at that point, it was me and your kids. Yeah. And our kids, you know, and then like obviously my parents, but you're not I mean, you're you have a very good relationship with them. But I was in your everyday life. You didn't have anybody else in your life that was in, there every single day. And it hit hard. It hit us hard because, mm-hmm. I mean, and understandably. So we did go to marriage counseling for, oh, my God, like a year. Yeah, I think it was. Did. Yeah. Yeah. And then and even we used to watch Addie. Yes, yeah. that's right. You guys would watch Addie for us. And then we, we go to lunch go. after. And then we go to lunch after. <laughs> and then we always go to lunch after. Yeah. That's how it's one of the ways we started getting really close. Yeah. Because you guys would watch Addie for us. Yeah. And then we went to your counseling. Because it was yeah. the time that you guys went to counseling when your other kids were in school. That's right. So we just had to watch Addie because she was really little. Yeah. It was like Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. We bring her over to your house and then we yep. all go to lunch. <laughs> that's crazy how it was. It was just tied. a normal thing. Like, like counseling whether it's marriage or individual counseling like it should be normalized and it should be something that people do more often i think it really helps for sure yeah yeah i don't i don't think it's a bad thing it's got a bad reputation though Mm -hmm. it does you had a hard time with it though i remember even afterward like going i'm i was so grateful that you went with me because it was hard to get you there i'm not a a a touchy feely talky person so Mm -hmm. But you it know, worked. Was, you you opened up. That was a that was a a milestone for me. I can confidently say. Yeah, I think it was something that you needed at that time. Like you get pushed out of your comfort zone, but then that also allowed you to open up and share your emotions and feelings. Something that, like Jessica said, that you had bottled up, and then it was able to help you kind of cope more. I think. Yeah, for sure. That's pretty much all I really want to get into for for my story and share time. Fair enough. So I'll uh, I'll pass it on to somebody else for now. <laughs> I know and I it's crazy cuz at the time I was not able to relate and now obviously I am able to relate to some extent not losing a parent cuz I think that you guys definitely I think that's harder for sure like regardless of anything I have not lost a parent thankfully but I did 
lose my Grammy. And that's been widely talked about on my channel. So I think people are pretty familiar with the story. But pretty much my story is that, not mine, but my Grammy got diagnosed with liver cancer. And pretty much right when they found it, it was already stage four. So, and that was October. It was like right before Halloween of 2019. Yeah, 2019. And at the time, I believe, I'm my memory is so bad, but I think if I'm remembering it correctly, they said that if she does chemo, she had the choice to do chemo, obviously. And if she does chemo, she would she could have about two years. And if she chose not to, she would have about three to six months. Um, I'm hoping that I'm remembering those that timing right. So that obviously was a huge shock, huge shock, because at the time she was living a healthier life than she ever had been before. She changed her diet. She changed everything. She was losing so much weight. She like, was. I remember seeing yeah. her at that time. She was doing she was great. Look, yeah, she was looking really good. And I can't remember what prompted her to go to the doctor. She, she was one that avoided the doctor. She never wanted to go. And same with the dentist. She never wanted to go to the dentist. And she went at some point. I was talking to my mom about this recently, and I can't remember exactly how the story went. But for whatever reason, she ended up going to the doctor. And then, like, she got some blood work done. Numbers were off. Blah, 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 blah. And ended up that she had a very large tumor, um, cancerous tumor, in her liver. It started in her liver. And then, obviously, from there, it spreads. You know, we all know how cancer works. Mm -hmm. And um, so she ended up being transferred to prestigious yeah. reputable yeah, yeah um hospital that was specifically for cancer patients out in new york which is where her son lives so my grammy has two daughters and a son so there's my mom mimi is her daughter her oldest daughter and then her second daughter is amanda's mom so if you guys watch my videos you know amanda's mom's lori it's her second daughter and then her youngest son is a son and steve uncle steve and he lives out in New York. So he said, you know, I think this would be a good idea. Let's get her out here. So she flew across the country to New York where she started getting treatment there. And um, obviously, if you guys watch her channel, you can kind of see some of that un unravel. But we didn't talk a whole lot about it just because, you know, it's something that how do you just bring that up? Yeah, you don't just talk about yeah, it very often. Right. So but my Grammy was someone who was who I was extremely close with. I mean, we saw each other on a weekly basis when she lived here, like more than weekly, like several times a week. She mm -hmm. lived down the street from my mom, literally like four houses down from my mom, which you guys know, I'm, my mom's like my best friend. Yeah, I don't even think I need to get into that. But she was obviously someone who I was very, very close with. And when she transferred over to New York, we had, well, first of all, COVID hit. When COVID hit and someone that you love and know has cancer, you pretty much have to cut all ties like at, with someone who's like that. People who have an, a low immune system, you pretty much have to cut all the ties. So we already kind of, which is really like, it was really frustrating because it's like, I mean, I, I, I think I'm a, I'm a very realist. I'm a very, like, I think realist is the word. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a realist. I'm like, okay, she has dance. She has cancer and I'd hate, to, I don't want to sound like, heartless but it's like okay we, we kind of know she was gonna die right yeah she you have stage four cancer i don't know not to like derail your story but i feel like gabe and i really like lucked out on when our dad died because you know like we could go to the hospital and just go see him mm -hmm. you know you did not have that option with covid so sadly fortunately for us ours happened before covid yeah because I went from seeing her every single week 
and like almost daily to seeing her not at all because she was cancer and she was a high risk group. And she died during COVID times, not from COVID. I don't know how much of this I've even gotten into at any point. But um, so she had cancer, obviously, and she was being treated for cancer. She went through chemotherapy and then she would stop going through the chemo and then she would go again and she would stop. Just typical if anybody has anyone who, you know, had cancer, you kind of know how that process is. But she actually, what happened was she was on the way to one of her appointments one time and she slipped and she fell and she broke her back. She broke some some pieces in her spine. And I don't know if I ever talked about this in a video, um, but this was several, this was before I went to go visit her in November. So she had been, right? Was it? Yeah. Yeah, it was before. I think it was like a few weeks before we had went and seen her for the last time. And it was something, it wasn't like a crazy, oh, my back broke and I can't move situation. It was just like, fra- maybe fractured is the right word. I don't even know. Yeah, I think it was a fracture. It was literally like a week or two after the whole family had left. So even though my Grammy had cancer, she at the moment was off of chemotherapy. And she, this was like right before we had went to go visit her in November. And she had um, like lots of back pain. And so she went to the doctor and they did like CT scans and all these scans to try to figure out what was going on. And they said, okay, you need surgery on your back. We need to fix something in your back or not, not surgery. Even it was something super minor. A, a procedure. It was of a some procedure. Sort. Yeah. That's a better way to put it. It was a little, it was a procedure where they put this. I remember her explaining it to me when we went to go visit her and she was like, yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was like no big deal. They put cement in her back and I'm like, how is that oh. not a big deal? Yeah. <laughs> so she, um, they did some kind of procedure to help her with her back pain on the way to her surgery procedure, whatever it was. I hope I'm remembering this correctly. As she was on her way to go to this procedure, she was getting into the car and it was literally like the morning of her thing. She slipped when she was getting into the car and she fell and she was like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But she hurt her back, but her back was already hurting. So it was like, you know, so she went, she got into the car, she went there, they did the procedure. And when she came out of surgery, um, they realized that, or she, they, they hadn't realized that there, what else was wrong at that point. So they did surgery on her back, not knowing that she had fell, and, fell hurt and hurt herself more. And then later we know that she like pretty much fractured her back. So she had worse. So they did this procedure on her back, not knowing. And then when she came out of it, what the, the pain was supposed to be gone at that point. They were like, yeah, no, this is super easy. We're going to put this in. It's going to be gone. And the pain wasn't gone. The pain was excruciating at that point because as we think that we know now is because of the fall. So many, many more weeks of continuous back pain and all these back issues, she ended up needing to go into surgery again for her back. And so it has nothing to do with cancer, which is so frustrating. It's like you expect someone Mm -hmm. who's dying of cancer to die of cancer. And, oh God, this is like the anger part of my grief, right? Because it doesn't make any fucking sense. So she went in to surgery and when she came out of surgery, this was like, I think I, I might be mixing up my days here, but she died. She died on a Friday night and I'm pretty sure her surgery was like Wednesday or Thursday. So it was like the day before when she came out of surgery, they were unable to control, you know, whatever it was. And then her blood pressure went crazy and blah, 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 blah. So basically it was the surgery, her having surgery, which ended up, she ended up getting infection in her blood. Or her skin infection in her skin. No, sepsis. It was she had sepsis. sepsis. That's that's a blood yeah. skin mm-hmm. infection. Yeah. So obviously, I don't my know dad, if I'm. 
My dad got that too. It's very common. Mm-hmm. I remember your dad getting sepsis plenty of times, right? And he'd go to the hospital and he, come out and go in and go out. He actually got it twice and one time it almost killed him in the hospital. Mm-hmm. They didn't even realize he had it. Yeah. So obviously, like, I don't know all the, I, I mean, I'm sure I knew the details at some point, but your mind kind of blocks it out. So that's just kind of like a rough story of how it went. But it's just so, oh my gosh, because like, was it you, Chris? I think that was saying it wasn't supposed to happen, happen that, that fast. fast. Right. Like we still thought like we still had time with it. We were going to go out and visit her on spring break. We were going to go out and see her that weekend, you know, and so it wasn't supposed to happen like that. That's the crazy part. You always think you still got time. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, even though we kind of knew that she was dying and I hate to say it like that again, but that's just like, I don't know how else. That's just kind of how I am is like, I, we all knew that that was happening, but it still, when it happened was not supposed to happen like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah i don't know that's pretty much the story of like how it happened and then um i got the call it was thursday night was the first call that i got and she had passed away friday night so thursday night i got the call from my mom what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket outsourcing business tasks you hate what about selling with shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply saying, you know, Grammy's not doing well. I remember she called me crying and she said, Grammy's probably going to die tomorrow. And like hearing that, like you can't put, Mm. you, you can't unhear that. I was just talking to my mom yesterday about it. I think between, um, hearing that with my Grammy, my brother getting in his car crash and then my aunt getting in the, when the car crashed into their home, killing her mother-in-law and then, ruining pretty much their lives because the car ran over. That's a whole nother freaking story. But I have many times now where my mom's called me crying. And I told my mom yesterday, as I was talking to her, I'm like, any every time you call me, I have a little bit of PTSD. And I'm afraid that when I answer the call, you're going to be crying because it's happened. Not so many. I'm being dramatic. It's not happened so many times, but it's happened enough times to where every time my mom calls, I'm scared. <laughs> the The times that are traumatic kind of stick out a little bit. Yeah. So I was actually just telling her about that. But um, so she called me Thursday night and she said, you know, Grammy's and she's crying, probably going to die tomorrow. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? What do you mean? What do you like? She's fine. Like she was just fine. We're just texting her like she's fine. Yeah. 
And she explained what happened. And then she said, I said, well, I'm ready to go. Let's go right now. Can we go see her? Let's go right now. And she's like, let's, we're going to wait and see what the doctor says. Um, but if I have to, I'll get a sub. Cause she's a teacher. She's like, I'll get a sub. I'll do what I have to do. And I was like, I'll book a flight right now. I can take a red eye right now. I'll leave right now. I'm 20 minutes away from the airport. Like you give me the word and we will go. And she was like, okay, let's wait it, wait on it a little bit. And I got a call the next morning. I remember I did not sleep that night at all. I was just, I had my phone on loud yeah. next to my ear. I was waiting to hear what happened. You were looking at plane tickets at like three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was looking at plane tickets that night. And then my mom called me at 6 a.m. again, crying and was like, yeah, no, she's not going to make it. I'm getting, I'm getting my sub plans right now. We're going to go. I want to go, I want to go say goodbye. And so I booked the first flight to New York City from the closest, fastest place that we could get there. Thankfully, the people that at that hospital, they, and I don't know if I'm like supposed to say this or not, but they weren't really supposed to let people in at all. But because of the circumstances, I guess if you have someone who's like literally dying, they let you. Because of COVID times though, if you're traveling, you're not really supposed to let yeah, them in. Because, you're supposed to quarantine. Yeah, you're supposed to quarantine because that's the New York rules. Um, and they did let us in just because of the circumstances and they like gave us a pass or whatever. I don't know how to explain it. So I'm so forever, forever grateful for those amazing doctors and nurses who were who let us in to go say obviously we're covered in full PPE and everything, but we were able to go say goodbye and be with her for her last breath. And they were supposed to only let two people in there and they ended up letting all four of us in. And so it was really oh God. It was hard to talk about. But four. Yeah, me, Shane. Oh, Shane. Yeah, Duh. Steve and my mom. Shane is Steve's girlfriend, wife, wife, no, fiance. fiance. Steven's fiance. Being that this is so recent for me, because I guess it's not that recent anymore, man. It feels like it was still yesterday. That was January 15th. It was actually the day we launched our podcast. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. Because I gave it the reins to Amber and I was like, yeah. I'm going to New York. Figure this out. Here's, yep. I'm not going to be available. <laughs> But we had already had everything scheduled for that day. Yeah, and the date scheduled. And yeah, so Amber kind of took the reins from there. But I was like, I'm on a flight to New York, girl. Since then, I think my way of coping has been, I think, and then I think this is where it's like everybody's different. Like I can even see like us talking about our stories. It, they're all so different. How people handle it is so mm-hmm. different because I'm the right. kind of person where it's like, I don't want you to t- hug me. I don't want you to say you're sorry. There's nothing you can do. It wasn't your fault. Why are you telling me sorry? Like, I don't. I'm just, I don't want to be pitied like that. And so I just kind of like want to, if I want to talk about it, then I'll talk about it. I don't want to cry about it in front of people. I don't want to sit here and say, give a poor me speech. Like I just don't want to. Even just like making the video about it was like, I don't want to do this. Even though I feel like I should or I have to or whatever. For me, maybe that's one of the stages of grief is like, what is it? The first one where it's um, denial, denial. Yeah. Kind of down. I wouldn't say I'm in denial, but it's like, I don't want people to acknowledge that I've lost somebody. Yeah. So maybe it is kind of denial. It is, yeah. So I think I was there for a long time and st- maybe I still am, but I still have like, like the anger part of it. And like, so I don't know. I know that there's stages of grief. I don't know what they are. Well, I've heard of them, but I don't like, know. Yeah, I don't know them offhand either. Yeah. But I can definitely feel myself. But I think the thing that I'm grateful for is that I'm surrounded by so many people who have the same relationship with her right or not same but all a little bit different but we're all really close like I have my mom who I'm extremely close with we experienced it together I'm able to talk with her about it she can talk to me about it um she was like the root of our family and our family is extremely close so we've all been able to handle it with each other and talk to each other about it so that's something I'm so grateful for 
is that I would, I'm the kind of person where I just kind of want to listen to everybody else. I don't really want to talk too much about it. That's been very helpful to me is having people around me that are also experiencing it. And then just little things like, I know we talked a little bit about like Addie, when Addie passed and I, I do think as much as I don't know what I do or don't believe in, it sure makes you wonder that I think Addie went up there and said hi to Opa and he said, it's not your time. I just wanted to see you. Here you go. A quick, quick little hug. Yeah. And, and more so even now that I've lost my Grammy and there's just very specific things that have happened where I'm like, I know that was her. Maybe I'm crazy, but I know that was her. Like the freaking plane getting struck by lightning. Come on. <laughs> like yeah. what are the fucking chances? I think. Aside, aside from Addie, I, I don't think I, I've had nothing. Yeah. And Addie, I haven't either. Addie was the only thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Addie was the first thing for me. And obviously I wasn't as close to your dad as you were, but that to me, it was just like, whoa. And with me and my Grammy is that we talked specifically in depth often every Saturday night, we would get into these like large topics and we would just get, talk about all these crazy things. So we specifically talked about, okay, Grammy, when you die, you got to let me know. Okay. And we're the kind of, we're, kind, we're the kind of people and I think it kind of annoys some people, but like we like to make jokes out of things that yeah. maybe aren't funny. And so even up to the point like where Grammy has cancer, she's laughing. She like laughed her way through cancer. She was never like, pity me, poor me. She was like, well, I'm going to fucking croak soon. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I got to do. And that's just how our family is. That's how our family handles things. And so she, we would say, I would tell her like, you got to let me know. Okay. When you're dying, you got to let me know like that you're still there. And she was like, yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to be able to do though. And she specifically told me that she would try to turn on a TV. That's one of her things that she said. And that she would flicker lights. Those are the two things that she's like, if I can do those, that's what I'm going to do. And I don't, I, I did do a whole video on this on my channel. So if you go to Jess Fam, you can see, like I did a whole video kind of more in depth on this. Um, but one thing that I don't think that I mentioned in that video, because I just, I don't know. I guess I'll talk about it now because that's, we're on the topic. But, and I, I don't even think I've really told very many people about this, like in my personal life. But the morning that she passed, she kind of went into like a medical coma, right? A medically induced coma. Mm-hmm. Is that the right? right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Medically induced coma. And um, there was a moment, I can't even, ex- I can't put it into words, but the only way I can explain it is that there was a moment where I was sitting there and I was looking at flights and my mom was talking to me and she was saying, okay, I'm going to book the flight. And she was explaining to me what was happen- happening. And she said, hold on, Steven's calling me. And when she said that, I was waiting for her to say, to call me back and say, she just, she's, she just passed. I was like feeling like that was going to happen during, during that time when she got off the phone with me, I went back to my computer to book flights. And as I was sitting there on the computer and mind you, she passed officially passed that night. Um, but I was sitting there buying flights and the, all of the kids were on zoom at that point. They were all in school. So they're all doing their own thing. And me and Chris were sitting in the kitchen right? and behind us, the TV turned on. <laughs> And Chris and I and I heard I don't know if you remember how that went, but Chris said, did you see that? And I said, did, did you hear that? And you're like, what? And you're like, I was like, the TV just turned on all by itself. And it it didn't. OK, it didn't just turn on to like a blank screen or to like nothing. It turned on. Yeah, it to- it went to like some random thing like random app on the tv that i didn't even know existed right and and the thing is and you're saying like what when i said what i don't know if i even told you but i knew i was fully aware of what was happening oh i know i just didn't want to grasp 
Yeah. I like I got I got goosebumps, but he was like, "Did you see that?" And I didn't want to acknowledge that I actually knew exactly what you're talking yeah. about because it freaked me the fuck out. And so that's when I was waiting for my mom to call me back and say that she had passed. Right. So part of me wonders because it was that, and then it was on the way to go see her. Our plane got struck by lightning. And it's like, what the fuck? So I I kind of, I don't know, obviously, anything. I don't fucking know. But I wonder if she kind of, her spirit kind of. was art, She was already gone. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and then obviously, I did talk about this in my video too. But the night that she passed, we went back to our hotel. And or it was the night after she, yeah. What, the night of. The night, one of the nights, yeah. And we, me and my mom went back to our hotel room. And we had just one little wimpy little lamp on that had been on for several hours. And all of a sudden, when we were getting ready for bed, it started flickering. Then we would talk to it <laughs> stupidly, right? I feel so stupid explaining this. <laughs> we were like, Grammy, we see you, we see you. And it would flicker. And then when we would talk, it would stop flickering. And then we'd stop talking. And it would flicker back, almost like you're having a conversation. And I sound batshit crazy right now. My mom got up and twisted the light bulb to make sure it wasn't loose. <laughs> but we actually, we, we did that. And then it happened for like, I don't know, like three or four minutes. And then it stopped and never flickered again. And so it just makes you fucking wonder. Mm-hmm. So I think those things like that, whether it be in my head or whether that really was something that truly, it wasn't until that moment that I truly felt at peace with it. Even mm-hmm. though I'm not at peace, like I don't think at peace really is the right word, but I feel like she told me that she's okay. And ever since then I've been mad, but still okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how I've been. I just go back to the moment. I actually filmed the light flickering. And I have it on my phone. And so, you know, I have it there as kind of a memory. <laughs> no, it's probably just That's a good stupid though, that lamp. That got was... it, though. <laughs> yeah, but it, like, it puts your mind at ease a little bit. Yeah. And it's something that you believe was your Grammy communicating mm-hmm. with you. So that's something right. that you truly believe in. So I think it's really cool that you actually saved it and caught it on your phone. Yeah, yeah. Although you catch everything that happens. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually wondering if it was the reason one of the reasons I like filmed it is because I wanted to watch it back and see if I could see it on the camera if I was fucking going crazy and you could see it on the camera you can see it flickering on the camera and we just sound crazy but I I think that that really helped me in my coping journey is realizing that I I feel like those kind of were her signs so maybe it's in my head and I'm just talking myself out of anything else but you know it just makes me feel better thinking that kind of thing but she was someone that I was she was someone that I was extremely close with, and I know Amber re- just like what the fuck, dude. Three what weeks, the fuck? Three weeks ago. <laughs> three weeks ago. So this was literally a month after I lost my Grammy. She loses. Was it a month? What 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 was the date? She March. Little over March twelfth. Oh, is okay. When my grandma so passed away. just under two months after, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy because Gabe and Chris lost their dad the same year. It was April and November that you guys lost your your dad your dad's and then me and amber who were both really close with our grandmas mm-hmm. within two months lose our grandma our grandma that's fucking crazy so you're the newest one kind of going through this i know you just did a video on your channel about yeah, this. i did so i just filmed a video on my channel talking about struggling with grief because i haven't really dealt with much loss growing up the last person in my family to pass away was my grandma's husband so it's my dad's mom and dad and my grandpa passed away when I was in eighth grade and he had colon cancer so it was like expected but as an eighth grader I didn't really grasp or understand like what was going on I didn't go to the funeral it was just something that like Mm -hmm. I feel like I didn't want to believe but I didn't really it didn't really affect I mean it did affect me but like 
as a kid, you can't really process that, I feel like. Yeah. So I hadn't had anybody else that I lost in my family. My grandma, so my grandma has had breast cancer. She's had two aneurysms for probably almost 10 years, I think. She had them. She had one in near her heart and one near her abdomen that was just in there chilling for a long time, for years. And, yeah. and aneurysms ruptured. Like, that's right. how a lot of people die. And so she had those. She had like the major surgery to get those out. And she recovered from that slowly. Um, But she did recover. And then about a month ago, she was getting a haircut and walked out the door. And she tripped and broke her shoulder. And then she was in pain for about two weeks before they got her in for surgery And so she went to a hospital to get surgery to fix her shoulder and she had the surgery and was fine. And my dad actually picked her up from the hospital and drove her home because she was living with my aunt. So he was able to talk to her and, you know, have a conversation with her. And then this was on a Monday that she had the surgery. Oh my God. And then on Monday night, technically Tuesday, early morning, she woke my aunt up because she was having a heart attack so i'm thinking that just the stress of the surgery and everything was just too much for her heart because her heart was already like she already had like clogged arteries and stuff like that um and so she was having a heart attack and they called 911 and she went to the hospital and then on wednesday morning she actually called my dad at midnight because she knows that that's what time he gets up for work And he didn't answer because he was upstairs in his shower, which he kind of regrets now because he wishes he would have called her back or talked to her. But he didn't want to call her back because he didn't want her to reach for her phone and hurt her shoulder that she just had surgery on. But I told my dad, like, I'm kind of glad that he didn't answer the phone because he has that voicemail from her. So the voicemail, um, I have the text from my dad. That's what I'm looking at. Um, So the voicemail from my grandma was saying that, oh, they're going to do a... a heart catheter and put in a stent and that should solve the problem and that she loved him and and all that so he had texted me wednesday morning saying that they're doing the catheterization right now um and she's gonna get the stent put in so this was on wednesday and then on thursday they tried to like wake her up and she just wasn't waking up so we were thinking like maybe her body just needs more time to recover and then on friday morning my dad texted me and said that grandma's organs are shutting down, so they're going to unhook her and let her go. And then I said, when are they doing that? And he said, pretty soon. And then I remember my sister called me probably like 10, 15 minutes crying. It was just like, I answered the phone because mm-hmm. my dad was working. Yeah, He was driving a truck at this time when he found out about my grandma. Oh my God. Um, and I'm surprised he finished his whole work day. But I remember my sister calling me and it was just like, immediate i i just you know i knew because they're obviously going to like unplug her and shut off life support and stuff but my sister called i was still in bed because it was early and she told me that grandma had passed and then we were just both crying we didn't even say bye because we just couldn't we just couldn't talk and then so we hung up the phone and then i just was sobbing and it was just i don't know just the idea of losing my grandma was really hard because I've never dealt with loss of a family member as an adult. And it's like of all things that she had gone through. Yes. 
It was the surgery. And it wasn't even a surgery. It's I don't even think the catheterization and a stent is considered a surgery. I think it's, like it's a just procedure. a procedure. Oh my god. Like my grandma was so tough, so strong. She went through so many things in her life. And then that is what ends up taking her life. <sighs> and I have the anger still to this day. Right. I mean, it was only three weeks ago, but I was angry. I didn't really know how to cope. I just kept picturing, you know, talking to my grandma and how she's not because I was close with my grandma. And so I just was picturing life without her. And she ended up having they had a viewing, which I didn't really want to go to. But then I felt like if I didn't go, I was going to regret it. I didn't want to regret it if I didn't go. Um, And I felt like me going to go see her would make it real that she's really gone. And so I went and saw her and I touched her arm. I had that image in my head of her for probably like a week. Yeah. So it was kind of like, I don't know if going to the viewing was the best thing for me, but I think for a lot of people, it puts the realization that that person is gone and no longer there because they don't look the same. Right. And um, so we had that. Oh my God. I've never been to a viewing yeah um gabe's dad had a viewing so that was my gabe's dad was my first viewing that i went to and it's just i know it puts a lot of people at like peace that they can see that their loved ones is gone but it just i don't know it just it's not something that i like to do (laughs) i mean i don't think anybody likes to do it but i feel like everyone has different thoughts and thoughts of it like for me i was thinking that i'm gonna go there i'm gonna see my grandma i'm gonna know that she's gone and then i just couldn't get that image of her out of my head (laughs) if you hear malachi in the background it's (laughs) he's He's trooping it out for us, but he's kind of roaming around here. Yeah. <laughs> he's so, keeping the mood light. Yeah. He's being all cutesy. My mental state at this point was very bad. And I already struggle with depression and anxiety on a day-to-day basis. And so I feel like already having those issues that I deal with, losing my grandma made them 50 times worse. Naturally, um, yeah. It was... Uh, it was really bad. Um, we went to the funeral, seeing all the pictures of her, watching her. She was buried next to my grandpa. That was so sweet. And your story um, of that. Yeah. So I explained. I explained more in details. I'm like trying to re re yeah. talk about things. Um, is hard. Like to gather my train of thought. Yeah. But I, my my video is in details. If you guys want more details, but um. Go to that. My grandma had lost a lot of people in her life. Losing her kind of it made me think like, you know, she's with her mm-hmm. husband. She's mm-hmm. her, My grandpa and her got married when she was 16. Oh my and they were gosh. married up until my grandpa died. My grandpa died in 2005 and my grandma was 79. She was going to turn 80 moly. this year. So like my wow. my grandma um, lived a long life. She had nine, nine grandchildren and 20 great grandchildren that she all met. Wow. And she knew and so I try to think like positive, like right. she lived a long life. She was happy. She was still able to walk on her own, go to the bathroom on her own. Like she was still able to care for herself. She wasn't like forgetting things. She lived a happy life. And my grandma was very religious. She read her Bible every day. I know a lot of people have different religious views but my grandma was one who loved god and she wasn't scared to die she was at peace with whatever was going to happen because she knew she was getting to the age 
you know. Um, That's not- got to be comforting to know that she felt that at she peace pe- with felt it. at peace. Yeah, she was not afraid to die. She read her Bible daily, yeah. like studied the Bible. She was going to church. She just loved God. She's made me want to be. I grew up in a church, so I grew up religious, and then I kind of like fell off the wagon of going to church and and all that stuff as a teenager and. My grandma was one of the best people, like loving, selfless. She cared about everybody. She loved everybody, like no matter if they were step or not blood, like she loved everybody the same. And all this, hearing all the stories about my grandma, like at her funeral, it just makes you realize that like my grandma was like that to everybody. Everybody loved her. And like, I feel like I want to be more like my grandma and she's pushed me to want to go back to church and want to read the Bible and all of that. And I'm not ever going to like push that or talk about that on any like public platforms just because everybody has different Mm -hmm. opinions on stuff and I don't want to like push something onto other people. But my grandma has made me want to be more like her in that way. Um, But the thing that I'm struggling with now, I think I haven't seen a sign that she's okay and that kind of it bothers me a little bit yeah and it's like i know that she like in my heart i know that she's okay and i know that she's at peace but like just her not being here i don't know it's hard to explain yeah um that's understandable i think there's like you can't put it into words even trying to explain it really it's so hard let's do an episode on grief but we don't know how to fucking talk about it (laughs) but like i cried and cried like i just stopped crying like a few days ago i was crying every day um thinking about her i had the image of her from the viewing in my head for a while when i realized that i want to like read the bible more and everything i bought a bible and i wanted to go back to church i feel like that's kind of put me a little bit at peace like it's helped me kind of grieve and then just talking about her has helped me grieve talking to her with my dad and my dad had like a lockbox of her stuff so we went through all her stuff and we saw her birth certificate my grandpa's birth certificate their marriage license from i think it was 57 they got married that's so all that stuff and then it was kind of like we're seeing my grandma's notes and we're like yeah that's totally grandma so i think i mean it's still like fresh for me it's only been three weeks but i think i'm kind of coming to the point of like accepting it more but i know that there's going to be days that i'm going to fall back and overthink and think negative because for a while i was i was at the point where i'm like okay well now i'm at the age where i'm about to start losing everybody and that is not a healthy way to think right especially if you have depression anxiety like to think like that makes things worse and you just you can't live life thinking that way and i think it just took me some time to like get over those thoughts a little bit yeah like i had gabe there gabe would always like if i'm crying he'd always like hug me and stuff but there's nothing that we could really talk about because what do you say to somebody who lost somebody i know you can't do anything but just be there i hate that shit dude like what do you say i and honestly like i'm and i know people never have ill intentions but i hate i'm sorry it's it's literally the one thing in life that you just cannot fix yeah yeah and it's like that's fine to say to people but like fuck like i know there's nothing there's literally nothing you can say Mm -hmm. there's nothing you can say which is why my (laughs) probably bad way of coping with it is just by not talking about it yeah (laughs) 
I said it's like it's the one thing in life that you can't fix. You know, you can fix a broken arm, you can fix a relationship. It's a good point. You can fix your car. Yep. But you lose some of that. That's it. That's that's end game. Yeah. You know, there's the honestly the best way to heal is just it's time. Time. That's and what everyone that's, says. And that's nothing someone can give to you. Mm-mm. Right. It's that's on your just, own pace. Exactly. There's no rule book for grief. There's yeah. there's tips that you can do to try to try to grieve. But like everybody is going to be different and you're not going to know what you need in order to grieve until you're in that situation. Even losing, even the same person, like losing multiple people. I feel like each the, each person you lose, it's probably different. I would imagine would feel very, very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. I'm looking at Gabe because you're really the one that has yeah, he's the lost. most experience. He actually had to go to two funerals in one week. He had his uncle's funeral, the one that passed away from COVID and then my grandma's. Right so devastating yeah that was the first and hopefully the last time i'll ever have to do that right that's just not something i remember thinking when my grammy got diagnosed with cancer i remember because we would still do our actively do our saturday night dinners and i remember at one point thinking and i kind of hate myself for thinking this but it's like true but i don't know but i remember sitting there with my grammy there and like the kids and chris is there and my mom's there (laughs) god i can't even say it because it's like so but i i remember thinking this is the best it's ever gonna be because like really yeah you can never go back to that we're never going to be able to go back to that tomorrow is never promised yeah jesus this is getting so sad i'm gonna cry <laughs> ah, okay stop all right guys well that was a pretty tough episode we're gonna try to brighten things up with how we always end things lately and that is just the tip with a tip so i actually have no idea what the topic is so. Amber. <laughs> so i have the tips and if you guys want to be featured on this little segment of ours just go to our instagram at fantastic for official and send us a dm with just the tip at the top so we know what to look for tip at the top okay so just the tip for today how do i get my family to accept my baby daddy we aren't together he was abusive and narcissistic when we were together we have two kids he's been super supportive for us we are good friends like Jess and Gabe, but my family hates that the kids see him. That's a very tough situation considering you have multiple kids with this man. It mm-hmm. really is because a lot of the time people like to see you for who you were and not who you've become. That's tough. It kind of it kind of sounds like the parents are just set in their ways on their view of him. Um, I think that's kind of an uphill battle to yeah. try and convince them otherwise which is understandable because that is what they've seen from him so i would just say just keep showing what you are now be there for your kids show that you're not the same person honestly i think that's it that's all you can do i think that just because he was like that as a boyfriend doesn't mean that he's like that as a parent clearly he's not like that because you guys have a great co-parenting relationship and you said that he's super supportive so he's a really good dad figure um so maybe if you talk to your parents along those lines and try to explain to them like the way he is in a relationship is not the same way that he's a dad um maybe that will help them but that is a tough situation because sometimes when people are set in their ways it's really hard to convince them otherwise I think it's important to tell her parents too that um, maybe if you explain this to them, like maybe they don't understand this kind of dynamic, but Mm -hmm. those kids are 50% this man. And by them telling, I don't know what they are saying or not saying or whatever, but they have to understand that by 
if there's ever any talk of like, oh, he's a bad person, he's a bad person, those kids are at some point going to be like, well, if he's a bad person, then what am I? Yeah. And I think that they, it would be helpful to maybe talk to your parents about, you know, this is my child's father. And in order for them to grow up in in a household where they are surrounded by love, they need to be accepted by everybody. Our relationship needs to be accepted by everybody. And that includes you. Mm -hmm. And if I'm able to accept it, living it, it's probably hard because that was their daughter, right? Right. And so they see how their daughter was treated but at mm-hmm. this point it's about your kids and so really just focus it on those kids that would be my my best tip but i can definitely see where they're coming from where they're like that's yeah. my baby mm-hmm. you hurt my baby but it's beyond that now now you have kids together and just be like mom dad i put my big girl pants on i figured this out and now this is how i'm gonna handle it and i hope that you can understand and do this with me the biggest thing is you know just make sure the kids are treated right it's all you can do you cannot convince someone to change their mind they have to do that on their own right so you just be the best person you can be you show that and if they're willing to change their mind that's what they're gonna do but and honestly it doesn't matter what they think you just be the best you sounds like she's doing everything right yeah so you do you girl good job on the co-parenting you got this that's a that's a lot to go to get past all that in a relationship and then still choose to come out on top Mm -hmm. so props to you girlfriend that's it for today's episode don't forget to like and rate our podcast and turn on those notifications you know you want to hear from us yeah you do Make sure to follow us on Instagram at fantastic for official where we post continuous updates. We want to hear your feedback, comments, and topic suggestions. And that's where you can reach us. You also have an option to support our podcast by clicking the link in the description of every episode. Farewell from your favorite foursome. And until next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Peace out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.